This is Big D here from Big D's Used Proton Pack and Ghostbusters Emporium and Used Car Lot here in Bryan, Georgia, baby. Woo! But you already know who I am, and I'm not here to talk about that. I'm here to talk about our huge end of the world sale we got going on right this minute. Woo, baby! Woo! You want that nuclear accelerator you've had your eye on all year? I'm not going to give it to you for 50% off. I'm not going to give it to you for 60% off. But you are going to get this proton back for 79.99% off, baby. You can't find no deals like that. Woo! That's some end of the world savings, baby. You know what I'm talking about? You want those Gaga meters? They're on sale. You want those meters that all go boop, boop, beep, bop, boop, 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 that's on sale too, baby. I got them all, and they all here for you to buy. I got anything and everything you need. I even got a trash heap you can buy for $5. You want one of those Bassomatics? I got the Super 76 and the Super Battlematic 77. Now that's some good bass, and that's some terrific bass. Woo, baby, everything must go. I got those beautiful new 2016 models coming in, and I ain't got space for nothing else. Nothing else, baby. Let me tell you, you got to come on down here to Big D's Used Proton Pack and Ghostbusters Emporium for our end of the world special. Because, well, baby, for obvious reasons, uh, this is a limited time only event. And always make sure you visit my little cousin, Little D, at Little D's Boating and Fishing Warehouse right here next to Big D's car lot here in Ryan, Georgia, baby. Woo! According to my source, the end of the world will be on February 14th in the year 2016. Valentine's Day. Bummer. Let's go! Still playing with toys.net presents The End of the World. The Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad. The biggest podcast since 1909. And now it looks like it may actually happen. News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters. Do not open until doomsday. Here are your hosts. Elaine, Milton Anglin. Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. So be good. For goodness sake. Whoa. Somebody's we coming. get out of here. Boy, oh boy, we have a lot to talk about. Just a, a couple things, two, two or three things uh, for our end of the world. Uh, or let's call it the end of the world super spectacular special show, something like that. I don't know. But uh, for those of you who don't know us, my name is Troy Benjamin. I'm the guy that does Ghostbusters HQ, and with me, as always, is Mr. Chris Stewart, who runs Proton Charging. Hi! <laughs> and, uh, hey, happy end of the world, everybody. Happy Valentine's Day. Uh, yeah, happy Valentine's Day, but not for the end of the world But not stuff. for the end of the world. No. Uh, it's, get, it's getting overplayed, I know, uh, and we're feeding into it in this episode. But, uh, you know, what... How many times can we say that a date that popped up in a movie 30 years ago has finally reached its day? Like, look at all of the Blade Runner Inception Blade dates Runner. that have been happening. So, Back to the Future. Back to the Future day. You know, it's whatever. It's it's harmless. I know people are getting annoyed with it, but come on, it's one day and it'll be done tomorrow. It's fine. We're pushing up against Ephraim. Didn't we pass Ephraim? Zephram Cochran's, Zephram Cochran's uh, warp, warp drive. Test. Yeah, exactly. So it happens all the time. It's fine. You know, it's fine. But uh, science but fiction it, writers are incredibly smart people, except for the fact that they think the future is coming way faster <laughs> in the wrong way. Where are my flying cars? Come on, come on. But Buck uh, Rogers, they figured it was yeah. <laughs> they thought Buck Rogers was going to take an extra three centuries, but disco would hang around till then. Yeah, I mean, obviously, and uh, yeah, leisure whatever. suits. But uh, anyway, so come on, we've got, guys, we have a trailer, sort of, a trailer announcement, a trailer for the trailer that we have to talk about. We have, yeah, we have, toy we have a fair. get off our back trailer. We, we have, have. <laughs> yeah, we have a leave us alone trailer. Uh, Toy Fair, we've got Saturday Night Live, we've got Cleaning Up the Town, we've got Jay Leno driving with Dan Aykroyd, we've got a film school. Chris, there is a ridiculous amount of stuff to talk about in this episode, so I have a feeling it's going to be a fun and long one. So uh, you want to you wanna jump into it, and that way we can get this done and get it out to the world? 
Yeah, let's grab a watch or something, and we'll have to put a time limit on ourselves. <laughs> exactly. 60 minutes and counting. All right, here we go, everybody. Hey, guys. Peter. I have some news from the world of Zoza. Now, well, here's your next month's cover of GQ. All right, we got to lead with the big story. Early, early, early this morning, as you're listening to this on Sunday, February 14th, 2016, uh, we got a trailer. It's not the trailer that everybody was expecting. It's actually a trailer for the trailer, what they're calling a trailer announcement. But it, it hit the internet at about 1.30 this morning after Saturday Night Live aired. And it, it kind of it snuck under the radar, Chris. It was, uh, you know, our, our good friend Stingray alerted us uh, in the wee hours of the morning that it had hit. But at the same time, Paul Feig put this picture up in his avatar on Twitter that said, the end is nigh. And then if you looked really, really closely, there was a URL link in the in the very bottom of the picture. And that linked you directly to this YouTube for the announcement. So uh, for those of you that haven't seen it, I'm sure you've already seen it. It's a quick 30-second video that has a few shots that Chris and I are going to dissect shot by shot in a second here. But um, I, let's let's start at the beginning. Let's start with the fact that we just got word that there is some... some significance to this url that uh, paul feig has put on there i mean just despite the fact that it also links to the youtube video chris but um he's told us that this number has some significance and uh, you and i are are puzzled what what do these numbers mean we have a feeling it's the triple zero nine one seven that that paul is talking yeah. about that's significant so I don't, I mean, I'm thinking September 17th, nothing really notable about September 17th. Um, they've already mined uh, Ray's uh, ecto goggles from the first movie, so that's that's probably not it. The numbers from the Gigameter from Ghostbusters 2, they've already kind of hit. Boy, I don't, I don't know. Uh, short of if I had time to really quick just scrub through Ghostbusters and look at the numbers that are on Egon's calculator or something, I have no idea what this number is supposed to mean to you, Chris. It's the numbered offshore account where Sony's paying us our money. <laughs> That's our shill money. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, so at any rate, so hopefully we'll come back to that once we figure that out. And hopefully you guys out there in TV land can help us figure out what the significance of 000917 means. But, but let's talk about the trailer. So first of all, 3316, everybody, that's when we're going to get a uh, presumably fuller trailer for the new Ghostbusters 2016. Uh, it's, it's a little bit after the end of the month. I mean, technically, if, if we're holding Paul accountable to what he said about a trailer hitting before the end of the month, this is a trailer. So we'll give him that. But also a couple days after the end of February, we're going to be seeing this trailer. Um, but in this announcement, we don't see the Ghostbusters. We don't see ghosts. We don't sort of get a sense of anything except for the scope of the movie. Right, Chris? You kind of get a... A John Landis, uh, here's the entire National Guard and U.S. Army and Navy and Air Force and police force and everybody showing up to this one location because something is happening. Uh, you get the scope of the movie right away, which is kind of nice. Yeah, well, presumably it goes hands in hand with um, Paul Feig's, uh, the little avatar of his, uh, The End is Nigh. Presumably they're all handing off to face whatever is going to end us. Yeah, whatever is threatening the end of the world, exactly. We don't see a lot more than that. Just soldiers and cop cars. That's yeah, yeah, it's it's um it's a short 30 seconds. There's not a lot here to dissect, but I thought maybe we could just kind of go shot by shot here, Chris, and kind of talk about the things that are notable to us. Um you know, it opens with a, a beautiful Manhattan skyline. Obviously, you've got a ground where we're at. Then you get the first word of the who you going to call. Uh, but then that next shot is a great sort of chase camera shot of the NYPD zooming towards something. You know, it's that line of cars, Blues Brothers style, uh, screeching through the streets. And you have a ton of extras on the sidewalk that are running away from something. So something big is happening. Everybody's trying to get away from it. The cops are, of course, rushing directly into danger. Super cool. Then we uh, have our next uh, card. Then we get the what do you need from me shot you know all of the army guys with their automatic uh, weapons in hand with the police tank cars all running towards stuff you know the army is amassing now here's here's kind of what's significant we have the army they're all stationary they're in a in a position where they're 
pointed and holding the line at something. Some of the um, army people in the background have their guns trained kind of high, like maybe there's something really tall on the horizon. Uh, but it looks like the majority of them sort of have their guns trained directly at something that's ground level. So what could that be, I wonder? What are they What are they trying to stand their ground and, and hold something back from? I'm not going to be much help to you, to be honest, because I went through looking for other things, like uh, the shot with the... Uh, I apologize, everybody. I'm once again ill. <laughs> <laughs> Chris is sick again. Poor, poor timing. Poor Chris. But uh, I went through it looking at things like... Uh, in the shot with the the soldiers hopping off their uh, trucks there, we can see smileys in the back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, on the awning in the background at the restaurant. I started this in the, just on my own anyways because I'm, I do stuff like that. But then a lot of people of a certain inclination uh, started claiming that this is all ripped from uh, – like Sony's Godzilla or something like that. Yeah, like, or somebody no. mentioned it was the the original Michael Bay Ninja Turtles that they pulled all this footage from. No, no, no. So we see a smileys. We see the the NYPD cars that we saw in some of the production shots. Um, I also am completely fascinated with the uh, soldier guy whose helmet doesn't fit him right. <laughs> He's right there, too. Like, you can't miss him. That's the funny part. He hops off the truck and, son, you, it, you better be fighting ghosts because if anybody's got a gun, it, that helmet's not going to help you. <laughs> like, his forehead's wide open. Ill-prepared extra. Yeah, Fix exactly. Fix that strap, soldier. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we have the, the sort of Times Square shot. That's that big, wide one where everybody is yeah. standing their ground. But I think... I mean, the, the hints to me kind of come at the very tail end when we get the logo and then we get that couple of, of notes from the Ray Parker Jr. theme song, which is kind of nice. Um, to me, that's that's really what I focused on was, first of all, wow, look at that shiny new logo. Um, uh-huh. Sort of a, a variation on the, the one that Ghost Core has been using. Yeah, but- separated from Ghost Core. Like, we just kind of assumed Ghost Core was lifting what was going to be used in the movie. Turns out, no, no, no. No, no, this is a very, it's got that sort of chrome raised three-dimensional look to it. Uh, I, I really dig it. And of course, it, it sort of appears with this green puff of ethereal smoke, which is, is cool. Um, but then, you know, as we cut to the the trailer premiere three three sixteen, uh, you do get those couple of familiar notes on a piano from the the Ray Parker Jr. theme, which uh, you know, confirming that the theme song will be used. Of course, it's going to be used. But like there was ever any doubt, but uh, <laughs> at least in the marketing effort, you're going to hear that Ghostbusters theme song that's iconic. Um, but yeah, I mean. I think on a broader sense, Chris, what I'm focused on is this movie looks big. Like this, this 30 seconds makes the movie look super big. And I hear you watching it again. <laughs> I was just double checking that I wasn't crazy because my first uh, reaction when I heard it was it sounded like the somber version of uh, coming into a new scene in the real Ghostbusters because that's the same the same uh, notes they use for <laughs> it that. It does. Those five notes that uh, they, uh, a, a they dialogue do the, the, scene. Yeah, the Seinfeld style uh, bass version of it on the on the synthesizer. Doom, 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 doom. doom. <laughs> Ding, 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 ding. Yes. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Anyways. Um, <laughs> That's pretty good considering you're sick, Chris. That's well done. I'm, who knows? Maybe I can only do it when I'm sick. Um <laughs> But yeah, that was the whole thing was basically devised around the fact that I don't know if we want to read into it. My assumption is is that this means that Sony is thinking very very hard and very very carefully about how they put this stuff out there, while at the same time Paul Feig is doing his best to maintain this interaction with us publicly, and we're getting weird kind of disjoints. Like initially he said uh, end of last year, and that never happened, and then I mean. Hell, we're heading into the you know March now, and the intensity, <laughs> in the uh, the demands are increasing for this trailer. <laughs> and he said yeah. by the end of this month, and of course now it turned out that whoever's doing the planning, uh, I'm assuming it's not him because he's calling out things that are blowing past. They changed it to March third, so they've gone with, uh, well, they've tried to find the middle ground, which is we're not prepared to show you. Uh, for whatever reason, too, right? I mean, it could be that there's a particular shot they want that the effects aren't done in yet or something like that, but they don't want to release uh, 
a full trailer yet, but they know we're going absolutely back guano. So they released this. It's happened before too. I'm trying to think. I know. I'm trying to think which movies, but I know it's happened a couple of times where they've released. Uh, I think it was maybe Winter Soldier. Yeah, there was. I think I th- we've seen it before. And Civil War, even I think they did a little. I mean, it's it's not uncommon now, especially no. given all of the social media avenues that they're trying to pre- premiere things on. So you know, Instagram will get a quick like. You know, look, Jurassic World just recently did it too. Uh, you know, counting down to a trailer date or or announcing a trailer date, and yeah, um, and and I feel like, you know, maybe yeah, maybe this is them not having the full trailer ready, but also, you know, they they really haven't been that communicative about when the trailer is going to hit. So maybe this is their way of controlling the hype of saying like. You know, look, March third is when you're going to see that trailer, and now they can lead up to it. People can prepare for it. They can have, you know, the big national marketing um, and and media surge at the same time, so that you have the Today shows ready for it. They can work it into their segments, and it it makes a lot of sense. Chris, I'm going to yeah. be honest. It helps you and I too because we've been trying to plan a roundtable around this trailer, and now we know that we can record that night. Hooray! So yes, we can so, properly book for it. Yeah, I feel like you know it's it's sort of. It's serving two purposes. One, it's sort of saying, yes, we hear the demand. We know you guys want to see this trailer. It's it's sort of um, satisfying that just for a moment. It's sort of giving you a, an appetizer and a mousse-bouche or whatever it's called, uh, palate cleanser leading into the trailer. But it's also helping us focus on when that trailer is going to hit. And, and it becomes more of an event now. It's, it's as opposed to, hey, everybody, this trailer just popped up online. Let's all talk about it. Now we can circle around this date as an event, which is pretty cool. Yeah, well, that and once Paul Feig said by the end of this month and then it turned out they decided it was going to be the third, I think they had a pretty <laughs> clear idea of something didn't show up before the end of the month. Um, we Everybody probably would have torn the internet Yeah, apart. exactly. Uh, yeah, the, the hysteria that would result. So February, uh, February 29th to remember. Well, so, all right, so we have this 30-second trailer that came out. Um, at the exact same time this morning, a new one-sheet poster appeared, um, which uses this new same logo uh, with the blue background and uh, has the Who You Gonna Call tagline on it. Again, they're really branding it with the Who You Gonna Call. Uh, yes, to all of the people that are um, grammatical uh, sticklers, there is a question mark at the end of it now. Uh, I know that there was some concern earlier that there was no question mark on the Who You Gonna Call. So they've... They've corrected that. There is a question mark there. Jeez, people, always fixating on something. Um, but this poster is, is pretty great. You know, it's uh, very reminiscent of the original teaser poster back in 1983 and some change, uh, where you just have that no ghost logo. You have the who you gonna call in 2016, and and you're ready to go. So, very simple, very clean, very streamlined, and also you know very nostalgic, which I I really dig. Okay, we've got the trailer announcement. We've got this new poster. We have so many other things to talk about, especially with GB16 and Saturday Night Live and classic Ghostbusters. Uh, and I feel like you know we could keep talking about this, but we got to move on. I'm looking at the clock that you had me set up, Chris, and we got to keep going. So five minutes max. Five minutes max. So let's talk about. Uh, we're going to come back to Toy Fair, but what we had scheduled was a little bit of Lego discussion because this was also sort of a big reveal, a big announcement. Um, you know, Paul Feig said, "Check my Twitter tomorrow morning for a super cool announcement," and that's where he revealed. The, the GB16 Lego set that we haven't talked about on the show. So it's the Ectomobile, it's the four new busters, it's the, the Ecto-2 motorcycle with Kevin, there's some gear, there's a, a Jersey Devil Japanese spirit-looking demon monster thing that comes with it. Um, so let's, let's talk about these details a little bit, Chris, because there may be some clues to what we're about to see in this movie within this Lego set and also within some of the pop vinyl stuff that we're going to talk about from Toy Fair. Um, but you, you kind of, you did a little, a little sketch that you put up on proton charging, trying to figure out what all these different things are. There's like that toolbox looking part that you wrote trap question mark next to, um, you know, there's. There's maybe little ghost grenades that come with it. Um, yeah, there was a pile of little pieces, which admittedly aren't terribly exciting because, you know, in Lego terms, it's like one or two of their small bits and bobs put together. But And as a result, nobody really fixated on them, but they're there for a very specific reason. And 
it just occurred to me that we might be, although in very simplified form, be looking at stuff that we are kind of been on the lookout for. Like the trap's probably in there somewhere. We just probably we don't just know. Don't it. know what it is. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a spoiler alert, everybody. I don't think it's this big of a spoiler, but uh, there is something that's revealed about Kevin within this Lego set. So. If you don't want to know a quick spoiler, hit the 15, 30 second jump on your, on your iPod there. But so Kevin has a reversible face, you know, sort of like good cop, bad cop in the Lego movie. He has this reversible face where he has like red eyes and sort of the furled brow. And I mean, he kind of looks possessed, right, Chris? It, it sort of has that sense of, you know, when Ray was supposed to get possessed by Vigo in the second movie, uh, that's, that's the sense that I'm getting from from this thing that comes out of, of Kevin. Uh, what, yeah. what was your interpretation of that? I don't know that there is any other one. I mean, red eyes is the universal for, uh, I'm possessed. So yeah, it's not I'm like Kevin has an anger evil. problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Since we know he's not, you know, he's a normal looking guy. Most of the time that he has red eyes probably means he's, Ooh, well, maybe, I don't know. Maybe he is the bad guy. Oh man. Maybe Kevin is the bad guy. Maybe he walks uh, among them. Somebody, That's a some, long shot, I think. Yeah, I think that is a long shot. Somebody posited that uh, Kevin is uh, a little too zealous of a, a groupie that enjoys the Ghostbusters a little too much, and he, uh, you know, he he shows up with his name tag uh, taped on, and he's you know kind of kind of a crazy pants. I don't think that's the the fact either. That might be interesting. Um, that would be a different spin on things, but. Uh, yeah, I, it's, it's interesting. We know that there's going to be a duality, uh, toward Kevin, but we're not entirely sure what it is, if he's going to get possessed and prove to be a, an enemy or, or what's going to happen. So, uh, interesting. Why does, why does Lego always reveal these spoilers? I remember this with star Wars too. There were, uh, spoilers that were released through the, the Lego set and you go, but through the Lego set, how is that? Oh, I get it. You know? Well, mind you, for Star Wars, the soundtrack was the big, the big spoiler. Well, yeah, true, exactly. The death of Qui Gon. Anyway, so. But uh, well, it's not the only one either. We've got a couple other uh, spoilers starting to leak out now. Yeah, yeah, a couple other spoilers. Do you want to let's? While we're in spoiler alert territory, people, uh, if again, if you're hitting that skip button, keep going, keep going. Uh, Chris, do you want to you want to tell us what those were? Uh, Funko who seems to be well <laughs> between them and cryptozoic they seem to be produ- them cryptozoic and diamond select toys they seem to be producing oh 80% of all the merchandise we're going to see this year <laughs> um because funko announced no less than oh god how many different figures it's hard to i'm i'm trying to think but uh the toy fair hasn't officially quite started i think it's about to but the setup was done by Friday, and pictures started coming out. And as well as the, uh, I would have to say they're either the Toy Fair guides that everybody gets, or they're the ones that Funko themselves are handing out. But it's they, their literature that they hand out at their booth or something. Yeah, they have. Uh, they're making Funko Pops, like the ones we saw for the original Ghostbusters, the classic Ghostbusters. But they're making them for the new movie. And in it, we see the team. Hooray, Kevin. No last name. Suspicious. <laughs> um, uh, and two other figures. And we see uh, what looks to be a, a happy, puffy ghost, very reminiscent of the No Ghost logo. And it says Rowan's Ghost. Yeah, Rowan's Ghost. Well, that's interesting. Uh, he has a name, or she, Rowan. Rowan is a male name, right? Rowan? Yeah, it yep. sounds male to me. And as well, there's um, a female ghost, a gray ghost, a gray lady ghost, so to speak. Uh, in in there as well, uh, Aldridge, and, and and she sort of popped up in that first sort of uh, photo from the floor next to Kevin yes. in the very back, and kind of looks like the library ghost to some people. You know that sort of uh, when the library ghost turns and and you know uh, tr- transforms before our eyes and scares the bejesus out of our our heroes. That's kind of what she looks like with the wavy hair and the kind of uh, demonic face. Um, yeah, maybe a ghost that they have, maybe it's their first bust. Maybe it's the main bad guy. That doesn't seem right to me. Maybe that's somebody they meet in the museum or. Yeah, I didn't have a chance to double check, but somebody pointed out that it may have been a typo because the haunted house or the, the museum thing we've seen the photos of, um, is called Eldridge. 
Oh, Eldridge. Said, Eldridge or Aldridge. Yeah, that's interesting. So I don't know if they misread the signage from the the sneak peek stuff we've seen or if Funko um, typoed it. Um, but it's a little too close. I'm assuming one is probably related to the other for now. Yeah, I mean, I would think so. And then, uh, I mean, the other thing that, that I found of interest about her specifically, Chris, I'm pulling it up because I just want to I want to double check it before I say this on the air. Yeah, okay, Gertrude Eldridge. Yeah. yeah. Um There's a good name. Yeah, Gertrude, Gertrude Eld and it's very yeah, 1800s ghost, which I oh, like. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, I'm I'm trying to trying to zoom in on her. Yeah, cuz I I guess I I'm mistaken. So I'm glad that I looked at this cuz I I feel like she was in like a Civil War uh, outfit or something. You can't really tell from this photo. But um but yeah, so so of interest, you know, we're starting to get our our first look at some of the the ghosts that are going to be popping up, and you know, getting a getting a sense of of new things coming out from the merchandise. So let's let's keep talking about merchandise while we're on the subject, Chris. We'll skip ahead on our rundown a little bit because uh, we we got a glimpse. I'm assuming it's just a mock up for now, but of the cover of Ghostbusters Monopoly. Um, this has seemed like a no brainer for the longest time. Um, I think people have even created their own custom Monopoly games to sort of be Ghostbusters themed. But so we're getting word that a new Ghostbusters Monopoly is in the works and and should be coming down the line. I would assume this summer to sort of coincide with the huge wave of stuff that's yeah. going to be coming out. Um, and then so the other thing that we didn't talk about in Funko's land is uh, Play Mobile. So you know Lego and and Play Mobile kind of have been. Is Rivals? it Playmobil or Playmobil? Playmobil. I've I've always said Playmobil, but Playmobil probably makes more sense. Well, the thing is, they're European, so sometimes Playmobil. Yeah, Playmobil. I don't know. Yeah. Canadians have always called it Playmobil. Playmobil. Well, so they've they've always been the sort of. Um, yeah, the counterpart to Legos, but uh, so coming out of Toy Fair, there was an announcement that Funko has struck a deal and they're able to now release those Playmobil, Playmobil uh, action figures. So uh, Ghostbusters uh, 2016 figures coming out in that style too. Um, we've gotten a, a good glimpse at those. Uh, there, God, man, there was so much stuff. I we're probably not going to be able to talk about all of it, Chris, because no. there were those little emoji ball things. There were. Um, NECA, NECA's got the Ghostbusters license again, and they showed off a couple of these big statues that they're I know, working amazing on. Amazing statues. One thing I will say about the Mymojis is, I I like to believe that if anybody's making little figures, like emoticon or emoji style uh, uh, figures are out of them, that perhaps we'll see like with uh, Civil War did at the Super Bowl, um, that. The Twitter uh, and such will officially be displaying uh, Ghostbusters yeah. uh, emojis. An emoji set. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what we have. We have if really needed doesn't those. know what we're talking about, if you go to on Twitter and you type in hashtag Team Cap, for example, or Team Iron Man, um, when you hit when you hit uh, when you when you post it. The hashtag will stay, but it'll get a little emoji head next to it, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah they did that with Star Wars, too. It's it's cool. So hopefully that comes with Ghostbusters as well. Um, oh, we have to talk about our friends at Cryptozoic because they've got a lot of stuff that they've been showing off. They had that uh -huh. cool lava lamp. But I think the coolest thing that came out of Cryptozoic is a fan club kit. Do you think that they're going to be heading up a new official Ghostbusters fan club, Chris? <laughs> I think they'll be liars if they, <laughs> if they don't. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a box with a clear plastic front, and they call it a fan club uh, collector's kit, I think they called it. And it seems to – I mean, it's the thing about Toy Fair is a lot of this stuff sometimes is half mocked up. Uh, like their lava lamp is beautiful, but they have the lava lamp, but it's the uh, – how do I put this to people? When you're making merchandise, a lot of stuff gets mocked up using stickers and cardboard, which upon close inspection doesn't look super awesome. Uh, <laughs> but it's intended that it'll be, you know, what we're used to, which is, you know, awesome plastic and printed plastic and all that when it comes out. And the same goes for the collector's kit. We can see um, put it, they put in a series of trading cards. Like uh, they look like the top style ones. Yeah, those look cool. Uh, it looks like a vial of slime, um, a name card, like a, one of those 
clippy name tags. Yeah, like an ID badge kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, ID badge. Oh, what else was there? There was a whole bunch of stuff. There were a like couple little, of like uh, luggage tags. What are those on yeah, the very or top there? Keychains or something. Yeah. yeah. Just a whole passel of swag. And then in the back, a certificate of authenticity. <laughs> Your official Ghostbuster You're certificate. Your official Ghostbuster. That's Man, right. I hope that's what that is. <laughs> yeah, Cryptozoic, if you're listening, if you bring back that certificate that says that you are an honorary Ghostbuster, that's going to, for the kids. Think of it for, for the, the kids. kids. Yeah, not for of us. All ages. I don't, yeah, exactly. <laughs> of all um, ages. So they've made no annou- official announcement th- about a fan club, but who makes a thing that you quite obviously give out to members of a fan club if you're not doing the fan club? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. What I want to know is what that means then. Like sometimes you sign up for a fan club and it quite literally is um, – I mean we're in the internet era so these things have kind of died off. But you used to sign up for your fan club and you got – like they were offering, you got some cool stuff like a patch or a button or you know a card – and then quite often you'd get little regular, you know, newsletter updates or something like that because it was meant to be, you know, a club. And then I think the last hurrah would have been, ooh, the 2000s. If you recall going to the store and you saw like Buffy the Vampire Slayer magazine and stuff like that. Yeah, Those were yeah. quite often, you could buy them individually, but inside them you could also sign up for the fan club, which was just kind of like a special subscription. Yeah, subscription you, with a couple bonus items, that kind of thing. You sent in extra yeah. money. You, you got exactly like this case. You got some extra bonus stuff like a patch. I did the Star Trek one, which came like a cast photo and stuff like that. Woo-hoo. And then they just keep sending you the magazine quarterly or whatever. And now we're in the internet era and kids don't like paper anymore print is dead yeah but uh, so it's kind of strange like i don't know what that means then as a fan club like you, do you just get that initial passel and then you're done like they just assume you're going to go online and interact with people i kind of like the idea they'd keep sending us new stuff you know yeah if, if they send you it, it becomes like um like a trunk club or a uh you know one of those like monthly boxes or something you know with all of this new merch or maybe I think more likely if you're a member of the fan club, there will probably be events, you know, special things happening like a gathering at uh, Comic-Con or, you know, that, that, that type of thing might be once you're on that list, you know, you're invited to um, sort of like Marvel's um, unlimited club, you know, where you get special treatment and you get to go to special things, which would be oh, cool. Oh, I see what you mean. It's just a super fancy way to sign up for a, uh, yeah, like signing up for a, a, a newsletter, a or newsletter something. mailing list kind of thing. So, um, but yeah, so hopefully we'll get some more details out of Cryptozoic. We'll have to get them back on the show and, and pick their brains and, and figure out what's going on there. And I mean, geez, I, I know it's toy fair, so, you know, it's, uh, it's, it can be kind of overwhelming. There's so many things there's like barbecue aprons and, and ice molds and, you know, anything and everything that you can merchandise is basically shown off at toy fair. So there's too much for us to talk about on the Way show, too much. but but, uh, you know, the chances are if you were looking for something, like if you were looking for um, a, 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 uh, a, a sneaker uh, helper to help you tie your shoes, I bet those are coming again. I think it's a safe bet that anything and everything is coming again. Let's just put it this way. Of everything we've seen so far, there's a, an air horn. <laughs> beep, beep, for, beep. Yeah. And a beer pong table. Oh yeah, on the beer pong table. God, once, even, yeah. once you're producing an air horn and a beer pong table, <laughs> I think it's safe to assume anything you want is going to get made. It's, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I kind of want that beer pong table, but yes, that deep down, I'm still. Thing. Yeah, you know, that's what we <laughs> like to drink and make it competitive. Competitive drinking. We're terrible people. Uh, so let's keep talking about Ghostbusters 2016 while we're on it. We're kind of jumping around a little bit on our rundown, Chris, so I apologize. We'll keep talking about Ghostbusters 2016 here, Chris, because we have some breaking news um, just out of <laughs> Toy Fair. <laughs> we're going to be at this all day recording. Uh, Mattel, I refuse to be at this all day. <laughs> no, I know. We, there's no possible way that we can. But uh, the Mattel booth at Toy Fair, we've gotten our first couple of photos from our, our good friends at Stitch Kingdom, and uh, you know how we were talking about Rowan's ghost and the the pop vinyl figures. Well, he pops up again in the Mattel booth, and he he's got this kind of David Letterman gap tooth smile, and uh, maybe looks a little malicious. But so it's the four uh, main busters, and then this no ghost uh, ghost in the background that I guess we'll just keep calling Rowan's ghost. Uh, but then they also have a second photo, which is really intriguing. It's that Rowan's ghost figure 
But then uh, Mr. Stay Puffed right next to him. I wonder if Stay Puffed is going to be identical in the new movie. Hmm. Uh, but then in the background, that Jersey Devil sort of uh, very Japanese-looking demon that we talked about in the Lego set appears in action figure form. And man, it looks spooky. It looks dark. It's got like bat wings, and it's this sort of dark blood red color. Uh, man, I wonder, wonder what that is. These are great. Yeah, I don't know. The the Rowan's ghost reminds me a lot of um, uh, real Ghostbusters. The opening titles, the way the yeah, again, the way he walks the no down the street comes out, but it gets kind of yeah. Keep on trucking. <laughs> yeah. So all right. So that's that's interesting. I hope everybody can see these photos. But you know, after we we talk about them here, but uh, you know, there's there's definitely a real Ghostbusters influence in this movie. It seems like we've got uh, Kevin's motorcycle. We've got uh, Rowan's ghost, who appears to be like the no ghost guy from the opening titles of Real Ghostbusters. It's it's pretty cool stuff. So uh, let's let's keep talking about uh, 2016 stuff, and then we'll move on to our other stories because we have to talk about uh, Dan Aykroyd and Jay Leno were seen driving around Highland Park, California uh, earlier this week, and it was right down the street, literally from my office here in LA, which was actually really aggravating because if I would have known, I would have gone down there and we could be talking about this on the scene. It would be breaking news with me actually interviewing people, but I didn't know about it until after the fact. That's beside the point. But uh, we have gotten confirmation that they were recording an episode of Jay's Garage, which airs uh, online. It's a CNBC thing. Um, but it's it was really cool. It was Dan Aykroyd driving around in the new Ectomobile, the Ecto 2016. Uh, they did have the classic caddy on site as well. Um, you know, and they, they've done this on Jay's garage before, Chris, uh, it's, you know, he'll, he'll take a couple of movie cars out for a spin, including, you know, the 1960s Batmobile, that kind of thing. But, right. uh, but yes, yeah, super cool. Uh, also of note, they were recording in, in Highland park. There's a police museum that has very similar architecture to, you know, the old firehouses. It's that same sort of brick facade that you would see at hook and ladder number eight. So they were filming outside of that building, which is really, really cool. It looked great with the two ectomobiles. Um, so needless, needless to say, we should be looking for that episode coming like June or July of this year. Um, so I think that's all of the, you know, there's, there's so much Ghostbusters 2016 stuff that like we said, Chris, we could be talking about this all day, but we've got to, we got to move on. So let's, let's put a pin in Ghostbusters 2016. I'm sure we'll talk about a lot more next week, uh, but let's talk about classic Ghostbusters. Let's talk about some other stuff that's been going on. Um, the last week we didn't have a chance to talk about cleaning up the town. Uh, their Kickstarter campaign just started. They released a brand new trailer. That's pretty slick. That shows off the, the sheer amount of material that they're going to be having in their documentary. There's cool stuff from Steve Johnson and the creature design and storyboards and, and behind the scenes footage that I've never seen. Um, so their Kickstarter campaign is up and running. Uh, last I checked, they're about 50%, 65% to their final goal with about 20 days to go. Um, and you know, they, they, they took the opportunity of the Kickstarter announcement to sort of reveal a few developments behind the production that they've got these great composers, uh, Jamie and Midi, is it, what is it? It's Jamie and Midi D or Midi C. I can't remember. I, oh, I I do have it on the rundown. Jamie and Midi D. Uh, they did Dance Dance Revolution and a, and a couple of Ghostbusters mashups. They're doing the music for the documentary. Uh, very, very cool stuff. Um, so check it out. Definitely check out the trailer. If you can, donate a couple of dollars to them, to, to the fund, so that they can finish off that movie and we can see all the good stuff that they were working on. Uh, also, we have to talk about Harold Ramis's film school. Did you see this, Chris, in Chicago? I did. So, um, I don't know. It was probably about a month ago we talked about uh, Second City was going to be doing a Harold Ramis theater in their new renovations. But the announcement just came this past week that they're also going to be opening up a Harold Ramis film school, which they're billing as the world's first film school dedicated to comedy. Um, and it's slated to open up in September. And, you know, they're they're sort of because film school is usually not geared towards comedians. Even, I mean, look at the industry. The Oscars never really uh, acknowledge comedies. Um, people aren't really trained in comedy. It's it's a very difficult skill to master. So that's what this film school is going to do. And then if you look at who's on their board, Chris, it's Steve Carell, um, Eugene Levy, uh, Keegan-Michael Key, 
Um, there's big, pl- I mean, Paul Feig is on there. There's big players in, in Hollywood's executive circle, like Doug Belgrad, who's uh, president of Sony, um, Emma Watts, uh, president of production at Fox. So, I mean, it's, it's a really great opportunity for people that want to learn the art of filmmaking for comedies. And I'm, I'm also just excited that the school is going to be run by my former employer, Trevor Albert, uh, who I was an assistant for for several years. Uh, you might recognize him. He was the producer on Groundhog Day and, and Caddyshack and Vacation. And he's just he's a patient and, and, and very funny dude. So I can't think of a better person who's going to be teaching the new crop of, of students. Chris, I'm thinking maybe you and I will go take a couple classes. Why not? Let's, Why not? We'll go. We'll go learn how to make a couple of com- uh, comedic movies. Maybe we'll be directing Ghostbusters three point five. I, I don't know. We'll f- we'll figure out something, you know. But uh, you know, we'll 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 go take a couple of classes and maybe we'll put them on the air. That would be a, a lot of fun to just see how terrible I am at comedy. But uh, it's a it's a nice testament to Harold that um, he's certainly not the first uh, comedy actor, writer, director to have passed away, but. He's the one they decided to name the school after. So there's, that's an obvious testament to his, the level of respect he had earned in uh, in Hollywood and uh, comedy circles. Yeah, yeah, and you know it is it being the world's first film school that's sort of dedicated to this. It's you know it's it's a true testament to how important his stamp on on comedy was. You know, look at how many people refer to. Uh, even Caddyshack, Caddyshack and Groundhog Day are the two that you ask any comedian what movies influence them. And, you know, there's a good chance they'll say either one of those. So, yeah, can't can't think of a better way to to nod to the late Harold Ramis. And I'm excited to see who comes out of this school and, and the movies that they're going to produce. So good luck to those guys. I feel so funky. That's great. OK, so, Chris, everybody, last week we talked about this death and taxes article um, and, and the response that we got to, <laughs> to just that discussion that you and I had was, was incredible. We got some really fun responses from people, um, who, for, for those of you who are not familiar, death and taxes did this article where they, they tried to figure out what Slimer was, you know, he's not a, a, a humanoid looking ghost. How did he become the ugly little spud that he became in the movie? Um, and they came up with a couple of different uh, theories, and and I, I loved all of their theories. The best part is that you guys reached out to us with your theories, and we have a couple that we wanted to, to play here on the air. So the first one that we got um, came to us via email, so we don't have audio of it, but it's uh, Andrew Schaefer. For those of you who don't know him, he's writing that Ghosts from Our Past uh, book that's coming out to tie in with the new Ghostbusters 2016 movie. He sent us an email and Andrew said this, I listened to the latest Crossrip and I had some thoughts. According to the role-playing game, the spud we call Slimer is a class 5 spectral entity that was composed of spectral energy, PKE, resulting from ritual summonings at the hotel. So he, in quotes, was never actually a living a living human, although spirit energy from one or more humans may be part of the manifestation known as Slimer. Oh, that's cool. So, and then he points us toward his source in the Ghostbusters role-playing game. But then he says, I don't know if they created any of these rules ahead of time for the movie, or they just left things up to the licensees who worked on the role-playing game, etc. There are several quirks of the classification system in the classic Ghostbusters universe that make me wonder, such as Class 6 housing, both interdimensional entities, and the ghosts of animals. Obviously, they obliterated the classification system with real Ghostbusters canon, and then further mixed them up with extreme Ghostbusters, so I'm really curious how the classes are handled in the new Tobin Spirit Guide. And then he says how badly I muck them up in Ghosts from Our Past. So he's a little self-deprecating there because he's now responsible for the new canon. <laughs> so no pressure, Andrew, but thanks for sending us that email. Yeah, I I had forgotten that from the Ghostbusters role-playing game, Chris, and, and you've probably played it more recently than I have, but um, that I, I had completely forgotten that they had this backstory that ritual summonings that that happened at the hotel are, are responsible for Slimer. Do you, do you remember that at all? I don't recall that. Uh, not specifically, although to answer Andrew's thing, um, they had copies of the scripts and all that, but the role-playing game didn't come out until 86. So, no, the none of these rules were in place. Um, 
for what we've seen from the, the, the scripts. Yeah. I mean, it could have come from maybe a, sh- a show Bible that they'd put together or even conversations had with, with Aykroyd or, or anybody involved. Well, but the, the thing to, to remember, though, is that the movie came together so fast that a lot of times it was just concept with no real background sort of thing. Remember, Slimer, as far as anybody was in, you know, considered it was just, oh, it's uh, Belushi's, um, it, it, you know, not seriously, not like in the movie it was supposed to be Belushi's ghost, but spiritually, no pun intended, it was supposed to be Belushi's ghost. That's as far as they thought. It's a glutton ghost, and you fight him in a hotel. Ha-ha! Ta-da. There was no real reason for him existing. Yeah. A lot of stuff came out in the um, the role-playing game that the guys, the, 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 the designers themselves just made up. I suspect this might be part of that. Because I've uh, interviewed a couple of them and spoken to a couple of them, and you know they're clever guys, and you know role playing ga- game guys in particular are, are great at filling in backstory stuff. So I think it was made up for the role playing game. I won't swear to it, but I suspect that's the case. Yeah, and I mean the the interesting thing that usually happens with role playing games like this, Ghostbusters, Star Wars, Star Trek, is you know they create these bibles that then. Uh, you know, the, the the future storytellers take as reference. So, you know, with Star Wars, all of the West End game stuff that was, uh, you know, popped up in the late 80s, they've started incorporating that into the canon. So, you know, maybe maybe the the new team that's working on Ghostbusters is kind of hearkening back to that and pulling what they liked and, and can kind of make that canonized, which I thought is really cool too. So, so yeah, so so interesting. If we go back to the Ghostbusters role-playing game, there's a little bit in a, of uh, an explanation as to what Slimer is. He could be an amalgamation of several different spirits. Super cool. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the folks at Ghostbusters Resurrection, who, if you haven't heard their role-playing podcast, are just it's it's so much fun it's like listening to a radio drama i can't recommend it enough guys you have to create more episodes i am chomping at the bit so if you're listening to this please 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 more episodes um but anyway so so they took us up on our challenge to uh, have a discussion about the death and taxes article have a little bit of point counterpoint and uh, they recorded it and sent it in to us so guys ghostbusters resurrection take it away hey this is doug banks and josh laforge yo and uh, we're from Ghostbusters Resurrection. We're recording this because of uh, the recent episode of the inter- Interdimensional Crossrip. They talk about an article on death and taxes about uh, Slimer and some of the ghosts that you'd see in Ghostbusters and really how there's two kinds of ghosts. There's these weird monster things. And dead people. And just regular dead people. And yet they're both classified as ghosts. So what the heck's going on? Like when you die, do you... If, is an old ghost just something else? Does it turn into something else? Well, I guess uh, when we... The way we've kind of rationalized it on the podcast and game is that when you die, you don't become a ghost. Like you're just dead, but like psychokinetic energy coalesces around you. So if you're really an influential person, there's a Mm -hmm. lot of psychokinetic energy directed at you and shaping people's idea of you. Mm -hmm. And then when you die, that can still persist. Yeah. When I was making the game and when I'm trying to think of excuses for when you guys ask questions about why something is the way it is, I've always relied on PKE. It's like whatever it is. It's like everything. It's all PKE. Yeah, it's all PKE is like the go-to answer. Uh, if it looks like a person, then that person was either really influential or they uh, were murdered and like they left a psychokinetic imprint on this realm. But if it's like a monster, it's a monster that could be made purely out of PKE. So like if you go to a place where a lot of bad things happen, if one particular person Gen- generally bad, yeah, generally bad things. Like if like if you guys were to, we talked once about the suicide forest in Japan. If you guys go oh, to yeah. if you guys Nikigohara or something yeah like if you guys were to go to the suicide forest in Japan you probably wouldn't encounter one particular entity ghost that that was a remnant of a person that is like left over from a particularly bad thing but because it's all pretty equally bad one particular ghost could manifest itself out of the negative PKE and that would look more monstrous because it's not human it wasn't never human to begin with right and this doesn't this isn't doesn't have perfect parody with the movies because if you go to Ghostbusters two there's a jogger. You know, that like, right. was running and like, who the hell was that? Well, like, he could have been murdered or something. We don't know. Yeah, but I mean, like, we don't know. And, like, or a guy who was – he dropped dead while jogging. We don't know. Right, but why is there so much psychokinetic energy about that person? You know, whereas mm-hmm. Vigo the Carpathian, it makes sense. Yeah. You know, because he had this – Siphoned of, his own soul into a painting. Exactly, you know? exactly. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that also kind of conflicts with our thing too is like how could you put it into a painting? How could there be a ritual? He was a sorcerer. So like – but if he – Right, so sorcery is a separate thing. But that, but to, I always rationalize that as knowledge of PKE and how to, how to move it. Okay. How to change it. It's like really just so, – So is the Vigo the Carpathian that came back, is that the same guy who lived and died? Because remember, his head spoke when he died. Yeah. And well, again, I think it 
I think it's just knowing how to manipulate your own PKE. Mm-hmm. If he was to be able to say, okay, well, I'm going to create a ritual that when I die, I'm going to save myself, sort of like Voldemort soul siphon off right. into another thing, then yeah, I, I'm just going to wait in this painting until the time is right. And then when the conditions, when when the psychokinetic conditions are ready, it will free him, which is why when he gets into the museum and there's all the uh, psychomagnetic slime underneath the building, that's what frees him. That's why when he was stuck in storage somewhere, it never worked. Mm-hmm. You have to be, it's, it's proximity based. And it's also what's already in the air. What about Gozer? Because Gozer is like an interdimensional being. A deity. Yeah, yeah a deity. But is Gozer, does it, is, is, is Gozer a creature from somewhere else that is manipulating PKE for their own good and raising ghosts and that, that kind of thing? That was another or question. Or is she just she, he, it, a manif- manifestation of PKE on their own? Well, they in the films, they always said that uh, Gozer was like a deity, like a creature from another dimension. There, right. was, there was hints of Lovecraftian undertones a little bit. Yeah, an evil darkness beyond time. Yeah, and um, that, but that was another question that they kind of pose is, if it's not a ghost and it's made of PKE, if it's not a ghost of a person, and even if it's a manifestation of some random form of PKE, that all kind of makes sense. But what do you call this outsider? Like, what is this outside thing? And there are other terms that they use in the video game and that we've used in the in, yeah. the, in the game that we're playing. Um, it's like an elevated remnant. Or an elevated. For, for, an, that would be. An elevated remnant. Vo- that would be, sorry, uh, uh, Vigo. Vigo is more of like an elevated remnant. This would be like an elevated or, or an, an elevated outsider. Uh, the term oh. outsider is, the, we, we haven't used it yet, but okay. it's, it's definitely part of the classification system in the in the original uh, uh, role-playing game. Because both um, both seasons ended with a villain who was essentially did the same Human thing that, who that did, Vigo yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, where, yeah. Where they created a, a path for them to return. Right. But it's still them. Right. Right. Oh, wait. Or, no, in the first... Okay, the first season, it was... Yeah, it was Itzkotal who actually died and came back as PKE. Mm-hmm. Because everybody hated him so much. But mm-hmm. then he came back and started killing people as like a... It started to grow from there. You and know, that yeah. PKE entity yeah. may not have been an elevated remnant, but then planned its own return. Yeah. like okay. it's Because, it, again, it depends on <coughs> the, the story, the, the explanation mm-hmm. that we have always used is an insane number of variables of how aware was the person of PKE? Could they manipulate while they were alive or when they were dead? Did they learn to do it afterwards? What was the circumstances surrounding their death? So it is a lot of each individual case you guys have treated like a puzzle because it is a game after all. Right. You know? And see, like the, the ghosts, I think all of the, like even the elevated remnant and Slimer fit into that PKE explanation. Yeah. The problem is Gozer. She's right. the one who throws the... Well, I, my, my explanation for that to fit it into that same... Because like the terror you know, dogs, you know, like that whole right. thing, it, it does not fit at there all. Was, there was, there's also the theory that's brought up is that um, not only the, the PKE explanation of something like Slimer in a person, but this outsider thing is just from a realm where PKE could be more of a physically seen thing. It's, it's another dimension. It's a higher dimension th- mm-hmm. than us. Whereas like a higher dimension must you could like, they talk in Interstellar, like you could see time. You know, it could be like a valley or a mountain well mm-hmm. maybe pke is a similar thing in another place and these are creatures that are of another place that when they can come here they can just see it all around us and they can manipulate it however they want interesting so that's just again these are just theories that we use in order to make sense because when you guys are playing the game and you run into something i at least have to give you an answer of how it works and my right. and my excuse is always oh dead person they're alive because they had a strong influence of pke monster it was created because of the large amount of PKE that was not tied down to one particular person. And there's no real limit to what PKE can do. Correct. Because, like, uh, it can reanimate something that is inanimate or, or, or animated, mm-hmm. you know, and it can uh, it can create physical substance, like in the pink slime. Mm-hmm. It can be completely incorporeal and run through people mm-hmm. without any issue. It can be a person. Right. <laughs> it, can be a, it can be a returned person. So yeah, we. I mean, I guess that's just it's PKE. That's what we talk about for ghosts. And Gozer wasn't a ghost, and the proton beam mm-hmm. had almost no effect on Gozer until they crossed it. Correct, because it wasn't even effect on Gozer. It was effect on the door. It was the door to, to blow Gozer back where it came mm-hmm. from. Whereas again, proton. Uh, the other explanation of proton beam is that proton is a positively charged, you know, thing, and uh, a spectral entity like a regular ghost or a deceased person is probably made up of a cloud of electrons. Well, you know, opposites attract, positive negative. That's why a proton beam can pull something in to in, into a yeah, trap. Yeah, but you know what? It's loose. It's loose. But hey, I was going to say. Know, I mean, like... I mean, uh, Vigo was not made of a cloud of electrons. 
No. It's something <laughs> it's, it's else. It's not an electron cloud. But again, an electron cloud, that's kind of a loose way. That, that's a layman's terms, trying mm-hmm. to just explain it to somebody well, who's I mean, not a if, Ghostbuster. If, if I look at you, what I'm seeing is an electron cloud, mm-hmm. essentially, because mm-hmm. that's what surrounds every atom. Mm-hmm. You know, even, even hydrogen, there's a cloud of, electron, of a single electron around it, and that's what interacts with things. But I don't think that he doesn't have mass, you know? Right. He, he has mass. He was more physical than some of the other things they fight. Because you can see, you can see through some of them, some of them you he can't. He picks up a baby and the baby doesn't explode, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. He's not made of antimatter. Exactly, exactly. But anyway, yeah, I just wanted to g- give our two cents on it because one, I had to have the answers as being the GM and you were the occult expert on the team. Yes. So, I, <laughs> so right. you, I'm so sure spirit everything, everything, every time you approach something, it's always like, Josh, what do you know about this? Uh, let me roll the dice, yeah, and, roll find the dice and find out what's, Doug, what do I know about this? <laughs> it's like really what it comes down to. So even in both, both ways, it's always me. But anyway, those are just our thoughts. Thanks, Don't guys. wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go, 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 go stoppers. I'm sorry. We'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470-242-4742. That's 4702-GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page. And Twitter accounts. Prince is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for... The Ghostbusters. Interdimensional Crossrip. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. I just want to get back close again. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray. Chris, we almost kept it under an hour. Just barely just barely but uh and i I don't know how we did it because i had a feeling that this was going to be about a two-hour episode but we were able to keep it short and succinct so uh let's but i I mean i I need to get your final thoughts i know you're sick i know you're under the weather you just want to sit and have some chicken soup and and watch some netflix like i but tell me your final thoughts on this chris what do you what do you think about the trailer announcement what do you think about all these toys tell tell me what's on your mind sir Oh, nothing. No, <laughs> that's not oh, true. No. I actually, I'm fairly excited. Um, what's on my my mind is Toy Fair because every year Toy Fair spits out good stuff, and I'm curious. Like in the years where there was a um, an anniversary to the movie coming up, Toy Fair usually had a little spike of Ghostbusters stuff. Over the last couple of years, there was little bits here and there because the license was still going out. Like the the Marshmallow Shooter guys and all that was were putting together their products, which is great. It hasn't even officially started yet, and already we're just drowning in stuff. Like literally drowning in in, in merch <laughs> that's coming out. Like we couldn't talk about it at all. Yeah, we we can't even keep up. We can't organize it fast enough to talk about it on the podcast. And all of it could be talked about for ages. Like Cryptozoic showed off their not one, not two, but three different um, uh, aprons, cooking aprons, right? Aprons. Like, the blind bags. We didn't talk about those. We, we didn't, didn't talk, talk about, about the, the trading bags. cards. We, the blind so bags that where we found out that the figures are loosely modeled after. Um, well, not loosely. The guys are heavily modeled, but the rest of the figures are loosely modeled after Depper Dan Shoning's art from the, the comic book, right? Like, just, there's too much to talk about. Like, I, my final thought is, at a certain point, you and I are going to have to figure out how we dial in on this stuff, right? Like, do we just pick particular faves to focus in on? Do we do, like, a... A bullet form, like what the hell are we gonna do, man? Yeah, or are we gonna have to do a, a, a full merchandising offshoot because there's just too much to talk about in the main uh, flagship show? I I don't know. I mean, it's just gonna get to oh. be too much. But dibs. Okay, dibs. we got We're calling dibs <laughs> on an offshoot podcast called Off- Raise a Cult. Raise, Raise a Cult. A cult. There you go. Where we the, do nothing but talk about merch. Merch and the coven. Uh, our best to the coven. But uh, yeah, no, I I. I'm I'm embarrassed that we just can't keep up with it, but it's it's so much work and it's it's a lot to sort through, which is not a bad thing. It's sort of an embarrassment of riches, which we've talked about before. There's just uh-huh. it's a good time to be a fan, and you know, to people that are uh, saying otherwise, you're doing it wrong. But uh, so <laughs> I don't want to tell you how to do what you do, but you're doing it wrong. Um, you forgot how to fan. 
Yeah, you forgot how to fan. So, so yeah, exciting stuff. Uh, great to see that trailer announcement, and and you can definitely count on there being a a cyclotron immediately following that uh, three three announcement. And uh, yeah, you know, I'm I'm excited, Chris. This is just so much fun. And so you know, stay tuned, everybody. We're gonna have a whole lot more next week. I'm sure there's a whole lot more on the horizon. But thanks so much for joining us for this this special episode. I got to send a shout out to our friend Ron Daniels for that surprise open at the beginning. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys all next week and see you on the other side. Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional CrossRip. Visit us at ProtonCharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net. They used to be one of my two favorite shows. You're kidding me. Oh, great. What was the other one? Fastmaster. Everything you're doing is bad. I want you to know this. Next week, though, hairless cats. Weird. I'll be better next week.